everyone and welcome to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter and joining me from a new undisclosed location <laughs> somewhere in the heart of the valley beyond is, <laughs> is Tim. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, I'm finally moved in. I uh, got a big old desk full of crap. <laughs> no one will be able to see. Uh no. Yeah, uh, I mean, yesterday was like the first night that actually stayed in the house, so I haven't still got a lot of stuff to unpack, but I don't know, maybe hopefully I can get like some, I don't know, pictures or something put up in the background. Uh, it's a little more exciting to look at, but eh, I maybe I won't. <laughs> why don't you draw your own Goatman poster and sign it? I do have Goatman posters from the uh, signing I did many a a year ago, so I put one up in the background. (laughs) Be a little treat for fans. Plus, there's no copyright concerns because it's yours. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, I I see what you're concerned about. Okay, all right. No, no, you can have posters. I mean, posters are going to get us in trouble, but like, I mean, (laughs) but there's definitely no problem if it's Goatman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no. T- Tim's in a new undisclosed location. Um, he's got that mysterious moody lighting, um, mm-hmm. so that you can <laughs> question um, mm-hmm. what he's feeling at any given point in time. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's a bad idea. <laughs> uh, although he's been, Tim, you have tweeted uh, like you always tweet like leprechaun shit on the on the Twitter <laughs> at Screams Midnight, but I feel like the last I tweet couple of days, yeah, I feel like the last couple of days you've been especially active. Between between that and waging a one man war on the new Ghostbusters movie, uh, I don't. <laughs> you've had a very active week in Twitter, is all I'm saying. I'm trying to uh, trying to give some fans a, a little bite for their buck. <laughs> you know, trying to trying to provide content, uh, as they say. But uh, yeah, I mean that might be a good time to yeah head on over there, even if you want to yell at me. <laughs> at least, uh, <laughs> at least it helps us uh, remember we're not just screaming into the void. Yeah, uh, so just for the record, but the we last... had a, on Friday though. It was Friday the thirteenth, so you know you gotta you gotta tweet a lot of stuff then. Oh yeah, no, no, but that and that was all Jason Voorhees related material, and it was all yeah. good, well natured fun. Um, but your last tweet that you put on at Screams Midnight, which is the Screams After Midnight Twitter, if anyone's not following it, uh, was a gif of Leprechaun with a microphone that had the the, the text accompanying it. Can you smell what the lep is cooking? <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. It's a it's a play off of something The Rock used to say. A wrestler used to say that. Uh, so that's funny because <laughs> now the Leprechaun's saying it. I love how you're explaining to me in the audience who The Rock is. <laughs> yeah. Okay, he's an actor now. Uh, as far as I know, hasn't done any horror movies, but I don't know. <laughs> Uh, maybe Black I guess it would Adam be like will be a horror movie. I don't know. <laughs> it would probably be hard for like The Rock to do a horror movie because like, I don't know. Like, are people gonna believe that he's like scared or that like, you know, if a ghost tried to haunt him, that he couldn't just like beat the shit out of it? Well, I mean, Predator is kind of a horror movie, and kind of the point of that movie was that this is a team of the most badass-looking dudes ever, and they're getting their asses handed to them, and that's what makes the that's Predator, true. you know, scary. I mean, I'm not, I'm not that we can yeah. do that; we can do that every time, but still, <laughs> there's, there's, there's a possibility. But anyway, this is a horror movie podcast. We talk about horror like, films every week. <laughs> the original Predator had like Arnold Schwarzenegger, and then the the last Predator movie uh, had that like that little kid that's <laughs> in like every movie now. <laughs> Jacob Tremblay. Yeah. Uh, thanks, oh. Predator. <laughs> thanks, Chair. <laughs> thanks, 
generic white dude who's in the army um so <laughs> that is uh yeah so we talk about horror films uh, every week we get together we talk about a horror film that we've watched uh, this is a new release week this is a week where we went to the theaters to see a movie and that is the new version the new release of black christmas uh, the third movie uh technically i'm oh, not in the same franchise but like you know the third titled film uh which is at least <laughs> They have, I mean, they got the rights, and it is technically a, a reboot or remake. Um, although I think it's debatable when we talk about it, just really if it's actually true, honestly, beyond like the loosest of details. It is funny to have a franchise that's never had a sequel. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. It's now, it's now the Black Christmas trilogy, and all yeah. three of them are standalone <laughs> films. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, there will be a timestamp in the description that will be appearing on the screen right about now as well for when we start that conversation. But uh, part of the show that we do now is that we talk about horror movie news from the week first. So we're going to do that, and then we'll get into the movie in a little bit. So uh, jump ahead if you want to. But there is some interesting news, often. So <laughs> stick around and hear what's happening in the horror movie world so coming up first here this week we have a title and i forgot this happened this week because it was like right after last week's recording but we have a title for the third conjuring film because for some reason they have decided not to just call it the conjuring 3 which would be fine if the second one was called the conjuring you know uh you know I'll, I'll write governor or something because it was in england but <laughs> london's calling yeah london's calling but it wasn't it was called the conjuring 2 i hate changing naming conventions like halfway through but whatever uh so this is called the Conjuring. Yeah, if it's just three movies that's a little harsh like if you're up to seven or eight fine whatever start throwing whatever you want you know but yeah, well, yeah when it's at least when it's that many though you almost and if it's let's say it's halved kind of evenly down the middle it's like okay yeah. maybe there's like a sort of like an error of like okay there's, there's the like look at friday the 13th i mean the friday the 13th doesn't really feel like it's got two errors in Italy, but you could almost mm-hmm. refer to that as the roman numeral era and the the, 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 the you know the, the original era or whatever mm-hmm. like you could split it up that way but yeah mm-hmm. so instead of being called the conjuring three this is called the conjuring the devil made me do it which honestly is a clunky title. The Devil Made Me Do It is a full yeah. title for another movie. <laughs> it's not oh, a subtitle. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And like, I don't know, like, it, it just sounds so cheesy to me. I, I feel like I've seen people wearing like shirts that say that. Like, uh, I don't know if, if that's more of like a retro thing, but I don't know. I could swear like in the 90s, like people had like dumb little shirts, you know, that said that and then would have like a little cartoon devil on it. Mm. And it's like, it's, it's very stupid. <laughs> Yeah, so there you go. That's uh, they've also announced it's coming September twenty twenty. Warner Brothers announced a bunch of release dates this week. This is the only real horror one uh, from what I saw, because uh, they were going about. Apparently, they're still claiming the Flash movies coming out. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah, so Conjuring three is September twenty twenty. So look forward to that. Okay. Mark your calendars. Uh, Do you remember who? I don't know if it says it right off the bat there, but who's directing it? Okay, I just closed the tab, so I'm going to reopen the tab. Uh, <laughs> oh, wait, I had to... Oh, here we go, here we go. For... I didn't even realise if you clicked on a tab, it wouldn't do it. All right, yeah, I'm back on it. Uh, so, directed this time by Michael Chavez, who directed The Curse of La Llorona. La Llorona, that's it. Oh. Right, I remember, I was trying to think, I, I knew there was a reason why I was not looking forward to this movie, and I was, I was like, okay, yeah, that's why. Oh... Uh... <laughs> 
why did you make me point that out? I know I'm, no, I'm I, I, I quite enjoy the first, especially the second one. I really enjoyed. I'm not looking forward to this yeah, now. No, it was a, it was a good franchise uh, up until, I mean, obviously we'll still see it. Who knows? We could be surprised, but mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's definitely less exciting. All right, next up, uh, so David Benoff and DB Wise, who you may know from Game of Thrones, that dynamic duo, uh, they are (laughs) developing a movie at Warner Brothers, uh, which is inspired by Hans Radanoff's graphic novel Lovecraft. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the site that's reporting this deadline is, is saying... Uh, they're told that the, the, the movie asks a horrifying question what if H.P. Lovecraft wasn't making it up what if the monsters he created are real the movie will be set in 1920 with the Cthulhu mythos hmm. I don't, I'm trying to think if I read uh, this book and I don't think I have um, I have a friend who's really into Lovecraft and uh, he, he's let me borrow you know uh, some comics here and there but I don't think I necessarily read this one um yeah, these, uh, I mean, these guys are <laughs> not the brightest, uh, <laughs> like, you know, like, I, I do like, I watched all the Game of Thrones and I did like it, but, um, you know, I think they were lucky enough where <laughs> they're working off really good, you know, source material in the beginning, uh, so they could get away with, uh, you know, it was a little easier to adapt. And then, you know, it was clear once they got towards like, you know, the last couple of seasons or whatever, and they were you know, didn't have as much stuff to go on that it really suffered. But um, I don't know if this is really good source material. Maybe they'll be able to adapt it okay. Well, I don't know. here's some good news, Tim. They're not writing that. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. They, they are producing it. Uh, it's actually been written by Phil Hay and Matt Fran- uh, Manfredi, uh, or Manfredi probably. Um, and you'd probably say, who are those two people? Well, I'm going to tell you the one thing that this tells me that they've okay. done. They wrote okay. The that Invitation. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, yeah. That's uh, all right. That's definitely exciting. And if you think of the slow build, mm-hmm. like of of the invitation and like how it was about yeah. dread kind of creeping in over the course mm-hmm. of the movie, and you think about what the idea of Cthulhu like sort of coming is, oh, yeah. like <laughs> there's potential there. Um, it also mentions that Karen Kusama, who who directed Jeffrey's Body and the Invitation, is executive producing, mm-hmm. not director. We don't have directors yet. Okay, uh, but um. I mean, maybe she'll end up directing it. I mean, we could have a, a, a invitation reunion with the writers and director yeah. of that movie. Uh, potentially. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, no, you know, I, I mean, Lovecraft. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely a little more exciting. I, um, you know, Lovecraft is like a really tough uh, beast to, you know, crack because it is so like, you know, like the like all the monsters and stuff are like they're always described as being undescribable and stuff mm. like. Um, so it's uh it's definitely tough but i mean i do like you know these people involved so this could actually be pretty good it's actually um, kind of insane to me that there's not been like a high profile like cthulhu movie before like i'm sure there's been yeah. some little cheap ones and whatnot but there's not really like a big mm-hmm. this is the cthulhu because cthulhu is such a big bit of lore that people yeah. know right people in the horror community certainly know and it's just kind of weird yeah. that there's not that big like not even like a recent one, like you know, but it's surprising to be there's not a big seventies movie or something like that. It's like, hey, here's the Cthulhu movie that everyone goes to. They did make a movie, um, but it is like a really small indie thing. So I don't know. I, I actually have it on DVD. A friend gave it to me, but I don't think I've ever actually watched it. Um, <clears throat> so I'm not sure how good it is, but I mean, it might be something to you know worth checking out. But yeah, like you said, it's not. 
Like, you know, that hasn't been like a big high profile one yet, surprisingly. Yeah. So that is uh, oh. that is the thing. But uh, hopefully, I mean, honestly, I, yeah, I saw the, the Game of Thrones guys' names and I was kind of, uh, <laughs> but reading that they're not actually writing it, um, and it's people from The Invitation, which we both agreed was uh, one of the best movies of that year. Uh, oh, that was a horror. Yeah. So uh, I'm actually looking, looking forward to this a little bit. So hopefully it cool. pans out. Yeah. Uh, so next up, um, so the dark half, which is a oh, Stephen yeah. King, uh, yeah. movie, which, or it's a book, sorry, but it was a movie as well. I actually, I saw, I saw the movie George Romero. Yep. Uh, a bunch of years ago. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'd even forgotten it was George Romero. I'm glad you remembered <laughs> that. Uh, so yeah, so it's getting a new adaptation. It's getting a new movie at MGM. Uh, the director of Her Smell, Alex Ross Perry, is going to direct it, which I've not seen. Uh, the trailer, though, I remember being quite distinct. It's an Elizabeth Moss movie. It's not a horror movie. It's you know, it's a different type yeah. of movie. But I've heard good things. I, I've never seen it either. But yeah, yeah. it looked interesting. Uh, so King wrote the book in 1989 about a novelist mm-hmm. with this, whose pseudonym comes to life as a murderous twin after his own pen name, Richard mm-hmm. Bachman, was revealed. Mm-hmm. So uh interesting premise i don't i, I remember the movie being just kind of okay I, I don't remember yeah it. It, it it's not a bad movie but um it doesn't really stand out you know it's uh like this is one of those ones that i think is actually like you know could be um you know remade like versus something like you know pet cemetery that's just like yeah there really isn't any reason to redo this like even if you don't like the movie it's still like pretty faithful to the book and everything mm. and uh like this one though i could actually see uh yeah like a, a you know a, a new version of it could be pretty cool and it, it's a really good story i actually uh, i think i read this for the first time maybe if it's last year or the year before but you know it, it is a, a good book and it's pretty interesting so uh, yeah it's just funny i've not seen her smell but i can actually kind of like from the trailer like the movie seemed to mm-hmm. focus on this character who was in a bit of a reckless downward spiral so it was very much mm-hmm. a character study of someone who was kind of off killer so i yeah. you know I, I can actually almost see why this director might be a good fit for a movie like this <laughs> where it is this guy who you know and i don't remember the end i don't remember if it revealed if like there was a literal split or if he was just crazy or whatever <laughs> like but yeah. <laughs> i don't remember uh but like either way like, i can see that why this director's maybe looked at and going hey that that subject matter kind of like naturally lends itself to this movie this 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 yeah. concept so uh cool. no interesting so that's the dark half stephen king book mm-hmm. um uh next up so scott derrickson who directed <laughs> sinister and doctor strange he's obviously doing doctor strange in the the multiverse of madness which mm-hmm. is he is claiming is a horror movie okay. uh for marvel that's the first horror movie oh. um so do we do it on the show or do <laughs> that's do it good. on 121 <laughs> That's a good question. Maybe, maybe that should be a me and your review. I don't know. Um, <laughs> maybe maybe it'll be a streams guest starring you know Matt or whoever whoever wants to also be in here just because of the superhero part of it. Um, but he's claiming it's a horror movie, uh, and I wasn't okay. a big fan of the first one. Um, I hated. I wasn't hate Sinister, but I didn't like it that much. Um, I, I'm not a big fan of this guy as a director. Uh, but the news here is that he but didn't. You like his Hellraiser movie? He did. I've not seen that yet. <laughs> we will get you to will. Oh, I mean, is that the fourth you one will. or the fifth one i want to say fifth or sixth okay so we're a couple sure away the fourth one but, yeah okay because yeah. <laughs> we're on three we're on the fourth one next mm. when we get back to it but yeah uh so but anyway, he's gonna make his return to an r-rated horror movie uh after he's done the doctor strange sequel uh 
because um, he was asked a lot uh, after Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness I will straight into a horror film I've already written with C. Robert Cargill uh, Cargill, I don't know why I said Cargill <laughs> um, maybe it is Cargill actually, spelt more like Cargill I just, I've never seen that that doesn't really matter, anyway so uh, Cargill, uh, who co-wrote Sinister and Doctor Strange with Derrickson uh, then tweeted, might as well tell you as an adaptation of a Joe Hill story so so I mean uh, that definitely has my interest peaked I'm, uh, I'm wondering what story it would be yeah they've not said uh, they've said it's going to be raw scary beautiful thriller but they're not telling us what it is yet uh, I'm going to throw a guess out here and say maybe heart shaped box uh, obviously they already did horns Nosferatu is a TV show um, fireman that's like more of a I couldn't see it as like a, a not so much horror movie. That's more like a, you know, kind of like stand esque, like you know, post apocalyptic, you know, big movie kind of thing. So, um, I mean, you could easily do like one of his short stories too. Uh, that wouldn't be surprising. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put my money on a heart shaped box here. Okay. Uh, Which is uh, that's a, a book that's about like a, a rock star who buys a ghost on eBay <laughs> and haunts them. <laughs> Uh, I like this about a rock star because obviously I hear heart shaped box, I immediately think of Nirvana because that's well that phrase at least for as far oh. as I mean maybe it came from somewhere before that but that's why I know yeah. heart shaped box from. Oh, yeah, that would make sense. Uh, so that's neat. Uh, uh, yeah, Stephen King and Joe Hill stories back to back there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I uh, <laughs> studios are just like uh, like oh, man, we're running out of all the Stephen King stories. Keep getting snatched up. What else do we got? Like I oh, start doing his son stuff. <laughs> Uh, but no, I mean, I, I, I'm also, um, you know, I, I, I like Sinister a little bit more than you, but I still wouldn't say like I love it or anything. Like it's fine. Uh, it's mm-hmm. not really anything I ever like revisit or feel like watching again. Um, and then, yeah, there are parts of Doctor Strange that I liked, but there was also a lot that I didn't. <laughs> uh, but I mean, maybe that might have been, you know, more of a studio thing where like, oh, you have to kind of fit this in here and this and that and whatever. Um, for for so. me, it was just the, the raw direction and editing was one of the first things I I didn't like about it. So um, yeah. I, I'm just not excited about anything this guy does, unfortunately. Even though I like the idea of them doing a horror movie in the Marvel universe, but I don't. Yeah. I'm I'm not, I'm not trusting him to do it. Is, I guess what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, yeah. So next up, uh, here's a bit of news on. So obviously we're waiting on the the VOD release of Verotica so we can do it on this show. <laughs> believe it comes out in february yeah oh well or at least the blu-ray i know it does well look forward to february then because we'll be we'll be doing it uh but glenn danzig's uh next film is already a wrapping production and we have some information here we got a cast member uh devin uh, sawa uh, who was in fair destination idle hands the fanatic uh a big like growing up he was like a big like teen heartthrob like i remember yeah. a lot of kids and like girls in school liked uh liked him uh and don't worry the fanatic is not a horror movie but may still show up as a bonus <laughs> patreon episode anyway there's plans yeah <laughs> uh, so his next film though uh we got a title for it because we didn't have a title before it's called death rider and here's Hell the yeah. here's the genre of this i don't know if you knew this already <laughs> but the genre I think of, I did see this, yeah, yeah. of his next movie is a vampire spaghetti western and the only uh, thing he's telling us about it right now is that every character's a vampire. There's no humans. <laughs> hey, I kind of like that. I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, hey, man, sign me up. I mean, again, I, I can't stress enough how uh, 
batshit insane Veronica is. Um, now, here's the thing. With that being said, um, so Veronica is one of those so bad, it's amazing masterpieces, but you know what can happen with like directors like that. Like Once people start to see, like, oh, this is really funny, then the mm-hmm. next thing they do is kind of like, oh, so I guess I'll just be bad on purpose and I'll make jokes on purpose because that's what people like. Like, you know, that yeah because yeah, if you look at the room like tommy why is always funny because he was really bad in make trying to make something good but the second he intentionally tries to make something bad he's bad at doing that <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so um and that's not as funny unfortunately uh yeah. so yeah uh, so death rider and I, I think a few other people have said that they're in the movie too like i was listening to a podcast and i think uh i think it's julian sands on it uh said he he's gonna be in it oh. uh, so <laughs> i mean it is interesting that they are getting like actual actors because yeah, the, the only other tidbit here is that uh they've already done the soundtrack for it bizarrely and it sounds like an ennio okay. morricone soundtrack so they'll try to mimic the actual spaghetti western music so interesting okay. we'll, we'll okay. see how that goes <laughs> we'll see how that goes uh next up bella thorne who of course has been popping up in various horror movies uh over a while although not not in a lot that we've watched we saw her in the babysitter uh mm-hmm. she's been in a couple of other things though that we've somehow just not uh, got to yet um okay because she's an amateur of the awakening she's in keep watching and i still see you uh, none of which we have seen i mean amateur admittedly we're going to have to do the gauntlet of the amateur at some point yeah no is keep watching and i still see you are those two separate movies two separate movies yes okay, <laughs> okay. i don't know if it was like keep watching comma i still see you or okay Hey, it could be keep watching and the sequel's called I Still See. <laughs> yeah, that would, it'd work. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so she's going to play the villain in a new horror film uh, called Masquerade uh, from <laughs> Shane Dax Taylor as the uh, director. It is a home invasion thriller that he's going to direct and write. The film follows 11-year-old Casey. Uh, Olivia Allen Lynn plays her. Uh, Pictured below in Daybreak. I don't know what Daybreak is, but yeah, there's a lot of girl there. <laughs> Fair enough. It checks out. Uh, so, oh, that matters to anyone listening to this, because <laughs> I'm not showing you the image. Uh, who must survive the night after a group of intruders led by Rose, played by Thorne, um, break into her family's home to steal their priceless artwork. The thieves will stop at nothing to get what they want until the shocking twist ending. Don't tell us there's going to be a twist, you pricks. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, yeah, also, Bella Thorne was that in the Scream definitely... TV show, which I guess I saw and when I tried watching some of it and don't remember, but that's fair enough. Yeah. I mean, this movie has to be really bad. You can tell they're trying to sell it to you if they're mm-hmm. saying it has a shocking twist ending. Like, you, you don't need to advertise that unless, like, it's the only way you think people are going to watch it. Yeah, I have to imagine the twist is going to be the homeowners, like the, 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 the kid's family are evil or something, or, like, yeah. you know. Hence why it's called Masquerade, but yeah. I don't know what you want mm. from it. I don't know what you want from mm. it. All right, next up, our final news story of the week. So, in addition to the upcoming Escape Room 2, which is okay. a thing, uh, Orphan yeah. star Isabel uh, Furman. Um, is that the kid in Orphan? We've not done Orphan on the show yet, and we'll have, definitely, I've not seen Orphan. And, you know, everyone tells me it's something you have to see. Is Orphan's a... A movie that needs to be talked about. (laughs) Uh, She's going to star in a a period horror film called The Last Thing Mary Saw. Uh, That's not a bad title, actually. That's that's an intriguing Mm -hmm. title. Uh, And it's set in the year 1843, 
So right oh. around uh, Tim's uh, 20th birthday. <laughs> what? <laughs> Tim's a vampire, didn't you know? Uh, so Deadline's reporting that uh, Furman will star alongside Rory Culkin, uh, one of the Culkins, you know, oh, okay. prestigious family. Uh, Stephanie oh. Scott, who was Insidious <laughs> Chapter 3. Uh, was that the lead actress? Because I liked, I liked the third Insidious. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, and Justin, or sorry, Judith Roberts uh, is going to oh. be in there as well. Uh, so from writer-director Eduardo Vitaletti, uh, the film follows the youngest daughter of a strict religious family who finds herself detained after discovering her ominously matriarchal grandmother dead. Mm. So. Okay. Very vague, but it's some creepy family stuff. Um, yeah. Maybe abusive. I don't know. I, I'm not even sure if there's something supernatural going on here or if, it, or if it's just like this horrible family. Uh, yeah. But intriguing. Could be interesting. Yeah, yeah. a little intriguing. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. That is the news. So we'll move on then to our, our movie discussion for the week, our main movie discussion, which is the new release. It is Black Christmas, the new 2019 version of Black Christmas, released by Bloomhouse, directed by Sophia Tikal. And yeah, we're going to get into it. We'll start spoiler-free as we always do. We'll give you a warning before we get into spoilers. And we'll get into it. The the, the gist of this one is very different to the, the, the original Black Christmas to the point where outside I've been set around a fraternity, um, or even a maternity, I should say. Uh, I mean, there's a fr- frat house in it as well, which are the kind of the villains. But like, uh, yeah. I'll let them be based around a, a maternity. Like, I think it's called sorority. Sorority. Look, we don't have these stupid <laughs> things in the UK. Okay. <laughs> also, I knew that. Why am I saying maternity? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what it is? It's like I forgot the word and went, okay, what sounds feminine? What's like the female? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, sorority. You're right. Sorority. I do apologize. We don't have these silly college things uh, in the UK. Yeah. But uh, so it's based around a sorority, and that's kind of, in a set at Christmas, that is where the comparisons kind of end. I guess you could argue that the, the texting that happens in this is kind of the modern version of the phone calls, but honestly. Sure. Well, there's like one or two like kills that are nods to the you yeah. know, original. But stuff, honestly, like the... for the most part, they could have called this something different, and no one would be saying, hey, you're ripping totally. off Black Christmas. You know, no one would be saying that. And I think without a doubt, it's it, yeah, it's very much the child's play syndrome where it's like, you know, yeah, this really didn't have to be called this. Yeah, it, no, it, it didn't. I, 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 you know, at least with child's play, like, they've got a doll called Chucky. They could have changed those details. With this, they don't have yeah. to change a thing. Like, there's nothing oh, yeah, in this yeah. they would have to change. They, they could just call this, um, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Dark <laughs> Christmas. Hawthorne <laughs> horror. Yeah. Horror. Like yeah. they they could they could go they could come up with a witty thing based on the themes of the mm-hmm. movie because the the movie is very much a Me Too film you know we we talked about the director uh, deciding that she wanted this to be PG thirteen so younger women could see it uh, or I should say younger girls specifically um it it, de- it definitely makes sense to me after seeing it like you know it wasn't very long into yeah. the movie where I went okay I can kind of see why she why why she felt. I mean, definitely. I don't necessarily agree with the choice, just as a horror fan, because I did feel the cuts. There was definitely What's moments in this where I felt you cut stuff there. There was one moment in particular, the most glaring of the whole movie, because there's, there's a lot of kills in this, which obviously I won't spoil yet, but there's a lot of kills where someone will just get grabbed and like, the, the music still happens, it'll just cut to the next scene, right? It'll just end like that. And it's like, okay, that could have been planned like that, it may not have been whatever. But there's one where a character is finding a dead body, and they're slowly turning around in a chair, and there's like something sticking in their eye and 
you could tell this was edited to like get a, a, a lower rating because you, you like it's just as it's turning you see it's like the, the cut back to the reaction is so quick and you barely get a chance to see what she's looking at that you can tell that that shot was meant to last like three times as long before it cut back to her screaming and it just yeah. really really stuck out to me mm-hmm. but i mean other than that you know sure i'd like a bit more blood and stuff and some of the, the kills or whatever but um i feel like that's kind of the extent of the discussion about the rating honestly um there's not really much more to say in terms of the rating. Just because I feel like, you know, the, the reason seemed is, is honestly pretty valid. Have, having watched it and seeing why she, yeah. she felt this was important for younger audiences to see um, makes sense. So, mm. it is what it is. But, like, we have, um, you know, Imogen Poots is kind of the lead character. Um, and as I said on Twitter, Imogen puts those butts in the seats. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm proud yeah. of that. Uh, so... No, we start off and you know they're they're in this uh, in the sorority and we're introduced to sort of the main sort of four girls who are you know kind of sisters, friends, whatever you want to call them, and it was kind of a backstory where Imogen Poots' character was sexually assaulted, um, you know, in her like freshman year or whatever it was because they're in their senior their the final year now, and this is kind of a few years later and uh, they're, they're kind of you know at odds with this frat house uh where all the guys are basically a bunch of well pricks <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep, they're pieces of shit um it's basically my best description until we get to spoilers um but from there like obviously killings start happening and even the trailer made it very clear that it was a very different kind of like it wasn't one insane killer who was going around killing people the trailer made it very clear that this was probably a group of like frat boys maybe who are in like a cult or something like that that was very clear even in the trailer and this movie definitely plays with you know different idea i mean the only other thing that i would say even like makes me think of the original black christmas is the idea that the first couple of deaths like happened to people who no one really knows there's something going on because they think they went home for christmas like that that was a kind of a plot point in the first original black christmas is that Mm -hmm. the the first death kind of goes unnoticed because they think she's went home for the holidays and that kind of plays here as well but um, I mean, I'll, I'll save you know other plot stuff for spoilers, just, but just to say that you know, the 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 idea of the the sexual assault um, and the way that the the college girls are treated by the the college boys is very much central to the theme, and very early on it addresses like you know one of the girls is kind of this uh, activist who's always trying to get petitions signed to remove offensive material to mm-hmm. sort of criticize the teaching syllabus for focusing on just all these straight white guys and all all that kind of thing um so if you're the sort of person um <laughs> dare i say to keep it christmas themed if you're the sort of conservative snowflake <laughs> who <laughs> who gets triggered the minute any of these topics are even discussed mm-hmm. you're going to hate this movie you're going to walk oh, yeah. out in a rage because how dare they preach to me is what you're going to say <laughs> um i have zero issues with if anything i actually like i was really into them having such a strong voice for this because oh, yeah. i'm like because the first thing i felt in the first like 10 15 minutes when i realized it was really leaning into this heavily i was like mm-hmm. well this actually gives it its own voice like even if it starts mm-hmm. doing very similar things to the original the original didn't have like these like you know i mean maybe there's some like minor themes in there but it, it wasn't this mm-hmm. like clear kind of like you know in your face 
Like, we are going to take this subject, we're going to talk about this. And, I mean, there is an argument to be made that maybe having more of a metaphor and not being as blunt with it, there's, like, there's something to say about that. Um, but I do appreciate that it has a really distinct message that it wants to get across. Oh, yeah. And I think it's one of the strongest elements of the movie. Now, mm-hmm. does it go too far, uh, <laughs> you know, later on in the film? It, it might. There's two things this reminded me of, Tim. Okay. It reminded me of an episode of the hit television show, Buffer the Vampire Slayer. If you recall in season two, there's an episode called Reptile Boy, where it mm-hmm. turns out that the frat house party that Buffy and Cordelia go to uh, mm-hmm. are a cult worshipping a snake demon. Now, oh, and yes, that's, yes. that's not a spoiler for this movie. There's no snake demon, right? <laughs> that's not, that's <laughs> right. not why it reminds me of it. Um, just mm-hmm. the idea of like the frat boys maybe being evil and like luring girls mm-hmm. into traps and whatnot. Um, like, they... It reminded me of that. It also reminded me heavily of an episode of the new Twilight Zone from this year, uh, which did kind... I can't really say why exactly, beyond the theme of the idea of having a Me Too kind of theme. Um, Beyond uh, just the the general idea of that, because there's a very specific detail late on in this movie that that really reminded me of it. But um, So it reminded me a couple of things. Um, First of all, and it definitely goes places that are different. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. And I knew it was going to go places that were different from the opening quote that it because ha- it came up because up with that opening quote at the start of the movie that I, I won't say until spoiler, even though it's the start of the movie, I won't say it until spoilers because I feel like it does just kind of throw an idea. I, I don't even remember. <laughs> well, I don't remember the exact quote, but I can I can tell you yeah. the key words that stuck out to me as being oh okay. oh <laughs> like where are we going with this? Uh, but with all that said, with all that said. Mm-hmm. Tim, yeah, did you enjoy the new Black Christmas? What did, did you even really say what the plot was at all? Or I said girls start getting killed, and there's like, okay, yeah, they're, you know, they're, they're, you know, one's an activist, and like, uh, okay. girls start going missing, and then they, you know, Imogen Poot starts investigating, and maybe suspects that it's the the the, the guy who raped her, like you know, those, mm-hmm. right, but that, that, okay. I, mean, I think that's all we need for spoiler free, like something else. I think is. Okay, so this is really tough because, yeah, like you said, it is a very uh, message-heavy uh, movie. Like, and, and there's a lot to it too. You know, it's not just like, you know, what one thing. Like, you know, there's a lot of you know feminist stuff, and then, uh, you know, uh, like you said, like a lot of Me Too stuff. You know, there's a lot of uh, stuff about sexual assault, and like even stuff about like, um, you know, like cops not really you know, kind of doing their job and being dismissive and that, you know, there's a, you know, a lot going into it. And I agree with you. Like, I do think, uh, yeah, that is like a cool thing to have in your movie. And I think it's, um, yeah, it, it is like important, you know, especially in these times and whatever. Um, that being said though, I just feel like they probably could have maybe like approached it like a little better, like, cause it feels like it really, like hammers it over the head over your head like constantly throughout the movie which i mean i don't know maybe that's not like a bad thing like to me it you know got to be it it seemed to like kind of overpower the movie which uh, i I don't know if that's no i see what you're saying i you know it's hard to argue because it's all things that i agree with uh but obviously i'm coming from the stance you know as like you know like a stance of you know privilege as like you know straight white male and stuff that that it's talking about things that I do think are issues, but obviously things that, you know, don't really apply to me, even though, you know, I, I do think they are important things that I 
you know, agree with and everything. So, um, and then like towards the end, um, again, you know, we'll get to it in spoilers, but, um, I think the choices in the end make it seem like a little goofier than, you know, what, what could have been handled better. It definitely gets goofier at the end. I think there's kind of a mishmash of the exact tone that it wanted to have. I think you could have had something that felt fit the tone of that, the ending, um and had that throughout there's something of more of a serious horror film throughout and what's what's annoying is that from the trailer like what i was expecting is okay they realize they're kind of in trouble and from the trailer it felt like there was going to be like all the girls kind of like gear up and decide to fight back and it was going to be this empowering like fighting back movie and i kind of feel like in the movie itself a lot of that just kind of happens off camera and it didn't actually give me the all the thrills that i wanted uh, and when I realized that I was already at the ending and like I wasn't going to get the moment I thought I was going to from the trailers, I I kind of got, oh, I'm a little disappointed now. Like it wasn't, it, it didn't have that yeah. element that I was expecting. Because um, yeah. I, I think the, the first chunk of the movie, the biggest problem I had with the first like half of the movie mm-hmm. was just that the horror kills themselves kind of sucked, right? But sure. yeah. I was actually generally enjoying the characters. I think Imogen Poots is very likable. Uh, the interaction yeah. between the girls is pretty enjoyable. Um, and... Yeah. I, I would say like two of the things I really enjoyed and I think that are, you know, strong suits in, in the movie is the yeah, the characters themselves I think are really good and I enjoyed uh you know, like being around them and seeing them interact and stuff. And uh and I and I did think the directing was pretty uh solid as well. Like there was some like pretty cool shots and like um it, you know, like you kind of mentioned earlier, I, I do think it was uh, hampered by the PG-13 rating because as a horror movie, I, I do feel like, you know, we are cheated out of like, you know, some of the cooler kills and stuff. But like, uh, you know, the story, I didn't necessarily like where it goes, but the actual directing, I, I did think was good. Like there was some kind of nice, like, you know, like far away shots and like kind of cool imagery stuff that was done in there so it I, was it was it was a much it was a very competently made film and that's that almost sounds like a, yeah. a backhanded uh, compliment but <laughs> i i don't mean it to be like because obviously we just did 2006 black christmas and i think this <laughs> one is like head and shoulders above it in terms of just raw film making because i think the scenes flowed well i i, I started to care about the main character um a couple of the other characters too but especially the main character and yeah. i i think it, it it flowed quite well it, you know like I, I think the i think the director here sophia takal knows what she's doing she, she's not a bad oh, director yeah. by any means i think yeah. the script has a bit of a tone problem because i think we're talking about how it's really in your face and it's really sort of hitting you over the head with what it's mm-hmm. doing i think that's okay um mm-hmm. depending on your tone i think like because there's, there's definitely movies or shows or comics or, or whatever where mm-hmm. like oh no no this thing just suits being this blunt because that's kind of what it is right sure um yeah. you, you don't read um i don't know Watchmen or something like that and complain that it's it's uh, you know right in certain <laughs> these political things it's, it's kind of meant to be blunt um but it does almost feel like if it's going to be this blunt it has to almost just veer straight into satire uh yeah as opposed to kind of try to keep its toes dipped in multiple things and i think there's an argument to either just go further with it and then the ending would fit with the satire because the ending like you say is really goofy uh conceptually it it almost feels kind of like superhero-y at the end yeah um or or likewise you tone it back a little bit and not in terms of like and i I don't even i don't mean for a second like hampering what the message is just tone back um, how much you're being over the head and let kind of the actual story of the characters and them empowering themselves speak for more more of itself and i'm not saying like keep the backstory keep the, the themes of what you've set up 
um, and keep the sort of the, there's like a sort of song they sing at the start that kind of you know makes you know oh yeah <laughs> it sort of sets a lot of things off and um, they'll keep all that stuff in there um but it did kind of start to really remind me of that twilight zone episode and i don't i don't say that as a compliment because that twilight zone episode again very well intentioned was very very bad um yeah. because it didn't have any subtlety and didn't know how to do like it didn't know how to actually create the, the tension properly and mm. i i think this movie is at its best when it has our, our main characters trying to sort of like survive together and mm. you know sort of debate together um because I, I think actually it's going with the the the, the messages of the movie i think maybe some of the best stuff with that is actually in scenes where the girls themselves are kind of arguing about the correct way to approach some of it like oh, yeah, yeah. like one of them like feels like they shouldn't like you know stir up the trouble as much they shouldn't like you know talk mm. about it as much and another one's like no we should constantly be fighting and then another one has another opinion that was actually a very interesting scene to, to see like you know three women mm. all debate with each other what the best approach of the, some of this material is um, yeah it, it felt like very like realistic too like of the yeah like the way some t- you know people approach these things differently and um yeah and it, it was like it felt like a nice kind of like real talk of someone being like hey listen you know i don't always maybe i don't always want to fight maybe just want to let things go sometimes someone would be like well this isn't the time to do that and so it's like uh oh yeah this is actually like pretty cool and interesting i think what i was hoping for going into it based on the trailer was the kind of like a, t- a team version of your next <laughs> i was kind of expecting yeah, like yeah. <laughs> you know the four the four girls to like gear up and uh mm-hmm. sort of like stalk the streets looking for the killers and mm-hmm. whatever like uh, like and you know i'm mean, partly maybe that'd be on me but the trailer definitely gave me that vibe that was why i liked yeah. the trailer is i like that aspect of it uh and it felt so different from the original but yeah i, I mean and i do think it, it is also kind of hurt by being a remake because you know even if you are completely different you're still going to have expectations going in so you know you're still gonna be like oh yeah uh-huh. this is like a you know christmas slasher or something and then you know if you get something that's like a little different even if it is better i don't know sometimes it can be kind of tough um i don't know it's uh yeah like this definitely isn't um like i, don't, I like i definitely didn't hate this movie um I, would, I, I didn't love it either, though. I, 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 I guess go, I'm kind of in the middle. <laughs> yeah, I, I would go as far as to say that despite the kills being kind of shit, I was actually more or less enjoying it for the like for the for the yeah. first like hour, but the last like twenty thirty minutes kind of put it into yeah. this is kind of silly shit now, and I don't yeah. know if I, I can really get behind it, um, yeah. because I'll just say there is a slight supernatural element to this movie. <laughs> That's all saying spoiler free. <laughs> And once that came into it, it basically kind of just, I don't know. I, 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 once that was there, it was just, I was out. Yeah. I was out. And it. It, and it really puts like the, like, I feel like, yeah, it, it puts like a lot of things like over the top. And uh, that's the point where it starts to go from like, like earlier in the movie, uh, like I said, they, they're really hammering home like the message, but at least it still feels like authentic where by the end with everything that happens and introducing that element to it, it kind of goes from feeling authentic to now it, it's just seems kind of cheesy and over the top. Yeah. I mean, if anything, if anything, like 
because the best parts of the movie are actually just straight up when they're actually having the debates and talking about like how how they handle like the 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 harassment they get or how they handle um like opposition whenever they speak up about something like yeah like it almost makes me wish that this wasn't even a like a horror movie just just make just make a like a a sort of not a straight up drama like i i think the characters are kind of fun and sort of light-hearted at times and it makes them kind of likable so i'd say maybe a dramedy like give me a dramedy uh, with with yeah. the topic of these characters and it, it may have actually benefited uh more not that a horror movie version of this can't work i, I just think it, where it goes just kind of i don't know just ultimately like because <laughs> like, there's, there's ways to do this like, I, I get the intent here i get the intent of making like showing like just how like the the patriarchy you know the the patriarchy and how it how it handles this stuff and how how men behave like i I get making that into a bit of a farce to show how ridiculous it is that they even you know anyone does this or whatever like yeah uh, i just i find a bit of a clash here with um this with what it's doing unfortunately um i I don't know if this horror setting was necessarily uh no, I can't even say that because it is just the ending. Like, see, if this was just a straight up slasher movie, where I think the girls like well, uh, sort of stand up and fight back, like I, th- I think I could be way more into it. Yeah, I am. Um, I, I mean, I guess I don't want to go into it until spoilers, but I think, yeah, kind of similar to what you're saying. I think that would have been uh, a, a much better way to approach it because I, I feel like you can still have, um, you know, like a. a important themes and messages like that in like a slasher movie versus where when you go where they go it just like it's just too much <laughs> i i think i like this movie quite a bit if you take out the supernatural element yeah i, yeah, I think I, I like it a lot more yeah no i think um i mean you know you have to see you know what they handle in, in its place but i do think that there's a lot better ways to go about it than what they did. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think <laughs> at this point we'll, we'll, you know, we'll go ahead spoilers, but before we do that, sure. I will thank our patrons for the month of December here. So thank you to David Shaw, Alison M. Fordyce, Cindy Palacios, and Tyler Hess for being our Patreon producers. That means that they are $20 or up patrons on patreon.com slash TV, and you can go over there. And you don't have to support us for that much. Don't, don't worry about that. You can support us over there for as little as $1 per month. And for that $1, you will get an exclusive bonus episode every month that streams after midnight. There's a back catalogue now, of course, because we've been doing this for a while, uh, of about 12 episodes that are there that are exclusive to Patreon. Uh, and one comes every month. Plus, there's bonus episodes of some other shows that we do on TV. And of course, at the five dollar tier, you get voting rights, you get to add movies to the crypt, and so on and so on. And starting in January, actually, uh, you'll be getting one or two episodes a month early as well, because uh, mm-hmm. there'll be a couple of extra episodes per month. So, uh, you know, all good things. Uh, so go and have a look if you want to support us and help keep the uh, keep the the reviews coming, and uh, maybe even get us to our goal. Because if we hit a certain amount, uh, we're going to start doing a live stream once per month called mm-hmm. Streams After Midnight. <laughs> so uh, go have a look uh, but yeah uh, so full spoilers then for Black Christmas 2019 from henceforth uh, like I said the movie starts with this quote um, and I don't remember the exact wording but it was something like like the powers of man can be you know supernatural oh, yeah. uh, or something like that. I was like oh god what's this doing <laughs> like yeah. what, what are you doing movie and obviously the, the idea of like, the, the, the frat boys in the hoods was in the trailer and 
I don't, I'm typically like kind of just like anytime something turns out to be like a, a cult of idiots and hoods, I tend to be kind of like annoyed by it. <laughs> I don't know why, but yeah. that, that 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 really annoys me often. Mm. Um, something like Hot Fuzz gets away with it because it's a comedy and it doesn't really matter. Sure, but yeah. like you know that this 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 did bug me. Um, but now we meet we meet our main character. We meet some of the characters around the house. Um. Uh, I, I I actually really like was a was a minor side character who has like only a couple of lines before she dies, uh, but her one notable scene is when she runs into Imogen Pussy's room and yells out she's she can't find her uh, something cup. I have to admit I'm not necessarily up in all my uh, various uh, <laughs> menstruation uh, sort of you know yeah. care products, but uh, but yeah, she's. She, she, yeah, she she had like a weird name for it, uh, or yeah. I mean, maybe it's not weird, just something that I'm not uh, familiar with. But it's like you you understand what it is from, from you know, context. The context. Yeah, because she yeah she <laughs> she borrows a, a maxi pad from uh, from Adrian yeah. Pitts, but like she comes in and she's like, I can't find this. I've got finals in like three hours, and I can't find my cup. <laughs> um, and she sort of like stuffs it down her, her jeans, and uh, I mean, and that kind of like even before we get to some of the the more like you know. Like we're going to start talking about the fact that the main character was sexually assaulted a few years ago. We're going to talk about the fact that uh, she was roofied, um, and we're going to talk about how, how no one believes her. Like how, like you know, like this this guy's friends, you know, you know, say to her face when she's trying to work at like a, a little coffee shop that she works at, uh, you know, it's like, oh, he would never have done what you said, you bitch, or whatever. Yeah. You know, like you know, there's all this abuse she gets. But before we even get to that, the, like even just this moment of like her shoving like uh, this maxi pad <laughs> down her jeans, I'm like, yeah, this is definitely going to be have a feminine just bent to it like they're definitely doing something here with this yeah. um but it was a funny scene she was really funny she made me laugh so you yeah. know uh so you know we meet some of the other characters we get this whole thing um where we see that imogen puts is caring because she's like the younger you know sorority sister she kind of looks after and uh, gives her like her comb and gives her some advice and whatever uh which by the way one of the biggest things i hated actually in the last act was the twist with this character oh yeah yeah uh that was pretty dumb <laughs> there's a traitor there's someone working with the men oh god <laughs> and I, 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 get, I get that that represents that that does happen that there are you know you know yeah quote, quote, like, i mean i don't know for example any woman who voted for trump for example may be considered yeah. <laughs> to this is this is what it's representing but yeah again like i just feel like her like her reasoning for you know doing what she was doing just felt so like oh come on no one would ever do that although of course you know i'm sure there are people that would but it did just feel like well, so kind of weird i think that <laughs> goes back was... i think that time goes back to what i was saying about how I, like i understand like again what she represents yeah. but the actual actions of the character do make do feel a bit goofy which is okay if this is satire this is kind of what yeah. i'm talking about where the last like 20 30 minutes it feels like it's almost changed tone into a different movie and i don't think it jives with the first you know chunk of it totally um so because again in a movie where everything was that heightened and everything was that satirical i think that would work i think it would work the idea that you've got this you know quote-unquote gender traitor uh, yeah. uh i don't like using that phrase but you know what i mean um yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but like so yeah um you know, we, we, you know, she, she, we, she, and there's, there's nice little hints as well. You know, the, the, the other sorority sisters, all her friends are doing this sexy dance, 
uh, at this frat party, uh, which does feel kind of clashing because they keep trying to talk, you know, talk her into like you know coming and helping. She she has been helping with the choreography. She, she, I think she even wrote the song they sing, um, and they keep sort of like and eventually the younger one who she sort of helps, she kind of like saves her from a potential assault because uh, she's sort of creeping around the frat house and this guy's kind of like trying to you know sort of force her into sex when she's you know a bit tipsy and um she sends her home and she was maybe the fourth person in the dance and the other sisters kind of convince her to take the fourth place but it kind of establishes beforehand that you know she doesn't want to wear sexy clothes she doesn't want to do any of that kind of thing she wants to you know like because the other girls gives her like her red dress but it's like hey just in case you want to look sexy for christmas she's like no i won't i don't want it you know like you know before we even find out what happened to her it's kind of kind of these little hints that she has kind of like you know close herself off to certain things because of what's happened to her and it did play kind of weird almost initially where they're like why are you trying to talk her into this because by this point in the movie when they're trying to talk her into like being the fourth person in this sexy you know almost like mean girls uh, sexy like santa dance i'm like why are you doing this to her like like i mean like, after what she went i mean it was been a couple of years ago and maybe try to like get her confidence back but this feels like a a cruel thing to force her into. Of course, that's until I actually heard what the song was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, because the whole point of the song is that it starts off like a sexy Santa dance, and the lyrics quickly become uh, about a, you know, a, you know, reaccusing this guy that attacked her. Uh, the whole point of this song is to uh, say how kind of uh, abusive this place is and what the the system here is like and what this guy did to her, and uh, you know, there's, and there's a lot of like uh, you know risky lyrics about you know uh slip me a roofie and then slipping a dick and things like that like, there's a lot yeah. of stuff like that in the song um and there's a whole moment where she kind of freezes up in it and you know she's because she sees the guy because the guy's there the guy attacked her's there and but then she gets her confidence back and they kind of sing the lyrics and she kind of stands up to him a little bit it's a little empowering moment mm-hmm. um but of course this is kind of the the moment that they all think is the the reason why they're being attacked later they think oh this is why they're they're out to get us is because we did this yeah, and then like they, you know, they even put it online, and you know, it gets really popular, and it's getting like a bunch of hits. And then, and also, um, someone's filming it, and you know, after the performance, uh, and it, uh, one thing I thought was kind of weird, like I, I couldn't really tell if like people like the performance or not, because there definitely were some people that are booing, but I don't know if it was just that frat or if there are other people, because it seems like there were other people that were no, applauding. I- it was a it was a mix of people. I think the people who were cheering were primarily the women and any of the guys who weren't who were just there because they were dragged okay. to it. Um, but yeah. the guys who were from that frat were the ones who all clearly were, were pissed. Yeah. yeah, they were all hating this. Um, so they like yeah they run like you know out like you know, right after the performance and as they're running yeah one of them says like oh that'll teach whatever the guy's name is to rape anyone again and then that gets included in the video when they upload it. So yeah you know like that's what one of the reasons like later on they think like oh okay yeah this is why you know they're harassing us and stalking us and stuff yeah um and actually given what the given what the uh this is a weird thing actually is like there's a couple of kills throughout the movie early on to like build up right but i actually Mm -hmm. don't understand why they even bothered killing anyone in the first like like 40 minutes of the movie like you know one by one because it seems like the whole point of the their plan is to all kind of rush all the sorority houses in the in the area from the at the same time on the same night yeah i honestly i don't really know exactly because what it, their 
plan is. <laughs> it's a bit of a mass siege, you know. Once we get like halfway through the movie, they like they attack the house, and there's almost like a little twist at one point where the, the, the campus security guy is called out, and we think he's going to like the, the main house that we we're watching, yeah. and he actually goes to a different house with different girls being attacked, um, mm. and. So it sets up the idea that they're attacking all these sorority houses and the and the you know for this college you know presumably they're all kind of close by, um, at the same time. So it was like, but why were you killing like one by one like earlier in the movie like a slasher villain like it didn't you know does it yeah. it felt like that was just there to give it a horror it's, movie feel. Like, you know. It it almost feels like their plan is to like just literally uh, kill every woman, <laughs> like yeah it, it would make more sense if it's like. Oh no, we're targeting like very specifically like outspoken, uh, you know, like trouble causing women or whatever. But yeah, there's so many people like early on at the beginning that's like, I mean, maybe they are those type of women. We just don't really get enough time with their characters. Did, but it just feels like they're just random. They did imply that they use like, uh, like, cause the, the activist uh, girl who's, I mean, I don't know either the names. So I, I can't remember. It was too many characters. Um, Chris, yeah, Chris was the activist. She, she was, she was getting like a petition at the start to like, you know, fight yeah. against stuff. And they kind of at one point, at least the characters, the main characters think that they've used like the her petition as like, okay, the people who signed this are the the ones to go after. These oh, yeah, are the. Yeah, yeah. These are the the ones we want to take out. Um, so yeah, their plan their plan's kind of flawed in that way. Uh, it's kind of weird. Um, one of the girls, um, either Marty or Jesse, like they've got a boyfriend who's kind of hanging around. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a kind of an interesting scene with because I was kind of waiting for like like one of the guys like, who we think are nice to be a dick, right? It was just, it was an obvious thing to do. Uh, and there's kind of a love interest for uh, Imogen Poots character Riley, uh, and yeah, he's. Uh, Landon was his name. Um, so he's kind of been nice to at the coffee shop, and he's trying to talk to her, and he gets invited to this dinner thing. And I was kind of like expecting it to be a twist with him. It didn't actually do that. It kind of made like a sort of a uh, like an analogy or a metaphorical point with him at the end. But um, the character, the boyfriend character uh, Nate, uh, who is like boyfriends with other girls, he. He has this scene, so it's actually one of the scenes that I quite liked, where there's the three girls are in the kitchen debating, like, you know, like, you know, why did you have to, like, post this video and fight back all the time? Now it's just creating trouble, and we have yeah. to put up with this. And she said, no, we should always fight back. Um, there's a point during this where Nate stands up, and he's like, oh my god, would you shut up? And he's interjects into the conversation, and he's like, hey, like, you know, we'll give you the right to sing that song anyway. Like, not all men are, and, you know, Chris is like, did you just not all men? <laughs> and it goes down this path where it's actually the first hint of something to come later, uh, which I guess we'll get into now, is that... <sighs> right, so there's a, there's a, there's a bust of the, the founder of this college who is repeatedly uh, we're repeatedly told uh, that it was it was like a big racist and sexist and you know mm. I, I think there's a line at the start it's almost kind of a like a almost a comic beat where uh, Chris yells out he had slaves and then there's like a pause and she says in the north like you know oh, yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> um, and it turns out when they when they were forced to move the bus because of a petition into the frat house a black gooey ooze a substance started oozing from it and this substance even though like it doesn't make even any sense this to be honest that they say this substance gives them like enhanced speed and strength but like <laughs> you never get that from any of the scenes where they're actually attacking no. people like, <laughs> you know the, the girls are all fighting back well enough like you know as much as any other slasher movie or whatever like there's no yeah. there's no sense that they're like so overpowering <laughs> that they can't fight back um 
so you've got that problem and now you've got the problem that they're like they're when they initiate new members they're they're painting this goo on them and this goo in fact not even just the goo apparently like the statue the bust itself is like sending out signals which is actually making men worse like it's actually turning men who are yeah. otherwise decent into more like of, of these like you know uh these you know abusive assholes yeah. Uh, so, the, so we don't realize it in this scene at the time, but the whole idea here is that because Nate keeps complaining about a headache before this, uh, yeah. is that, that headache is actually the first sign that this this effect is happening to him. And I get the metaphor here. I get what it's doing. It's saying that the previous generations of abusive men who are supremacists or whatever are, are basically spreading their beliefs and ideas, and it's like a disease that's spreading to the younger generations of men. I get that it's doing that. Again, if the whole movie was that satirical and that kind of like farcical, I could get into that as like a sort of beat. But it's not like up until that point, like nothing felt like that. So it kind of like yeah. took me out of it. Um, and it happens with Landon again at the end, where they kind of like you know indoctrinate Landon and he can't fight it and he's like sort of taken over by it and again it's this idea that young men who may otherwise be good people are completely indoctrinated by the influence of of older assholes um and so I get what it's doing I get the attempt here I I just it's a little bit farcical and yeah can we not gloss over the fact that I said there's a statue ooing goos ooing goos oozing (laughs) oozing goo that is being used to enhance people it also makes them want to kill uh yeah. you know the, the women and there's also for some reason they know that if they have like objects from the women that that's the little target they, them yeah like so so you know for example uh riley's <laughs> comb that she gave to the younger uh character who like turns on them she has that comb on the table with all these other things the the girl's cup thing is one of those items where that's how the so not only are they being enhanced they're also being kind of like drone controlled like they're just like being set after a target based on an object that's been held on like a table yeah this is this is so stupid (laughs) like uh and and very unnecessary because like you can just have like i would be totally be fine if you just have a bunch of evil men just have a bunch of evil men (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like you can just have a frat of assholes that like and and they can still worship this guy like they could be like you know they could be like oh you know you're trying to erase this guy from history but he was a good man and we got to fight back for him like that's a totally acceptable motivation for like a slasher in a slasher movie uh just adding all this supernatural like <laughs> mystical goo which again it's not like there was someone at the frat that was into the occult that like summoned this guy or made this statue it's literally like oh well we were moving the statue and we discovered <laughs> this goo was coming out of it like what <laughs> that is like so dumb uh and and it sucks because i think it does like you know for a movie which was you know such like a you know a big message like i feel like it does kind of hurt it by introducing this really stupid element to it yeah when they're, when they're in the house and they're being attacked and like they end up having to fight off like they get because they all come in like crossbows and stuff and you yeah. know like you know riley has to like, beat one to kind of death and um you know one of them sacrifices herself so the other two can get away there's there's little beats of like the solidarity and like the, the, the defending each other um yeah. and that's you know it's this part of the movie where there is kind of the like okay so the, they turn the girl around you know it's got christmas lights all over her and things like that which again makes no sense in the context of this like what the, what the killers actually are and what they're doing but yeah. um but once it gets to like you know like the the kin uh, the, the grab Riley uh, the younger girl uh, betrays her and she's like you know with them and by the way the guys kill her anyway because they like of course they can't be trusted why would they be trusted um, 
and they're trying to like convince like Riley to like sort of like you know give in to them and you know worship them and they'll spare her and so we have this scene where they're all in these cult robes and they're all standing around her and we didn't even mention mention the uh, the lecturer the uh, the professor who yeah yeah who uh, played by Carrie uh, Elvis um who or Elvis how do you say his last name yeah Elvis I, I yeah, think. I, I, <laughs> so, yeah it's one always baffled me um but he he's this lecturer who at the start when Riley's in class like brings up the petition to like change the the, the course uh, reading material um and he tries to make this point about uh, how the author he was just quoting from was a woman and you assumed it was a man because blah 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 and he's kind of intimidating through like, the movie and he, of course he turns out to be the leader he turns out to be the leader of the cult yeah <laughs> he's like one of those like logic lords <laughs> which is like mm-hmm. really annoying where it, yeah yeah that like example is so dumb where he's like reading this like kind of sexist thing and then he's like oh but what if it was a woman that wrote it like oh hey i owned you and it's like eh, whatever yeah okay proving that one woman was maybe crazy and delusional does yeah. not does not mean <laughs> does not mean that all the sexist men are right <laughs> just yeah my eye uh so like you know the 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 ending is just really rough and obviously like Riley wanted to go and try and destroy the statue, and it was, that was basically the moment of the movie turned for me because it became about destroying the mystical item, and I was like, oh, whatever. Yeah. Um, but she splits up from Chris, who because they're the only two survivors from the main house, and Chris runs into a group of other survivors who have had to kill their attackers, and yeah. basically just in the nick of time before Riley's killed, um, like Chris like leads a team of about you know six six of them all holding weapons so this is what i say when the trailer kind of made me think there was going to be like a you know them gearing up and like protecting themselves like it all happens off camera and it's just that them showing up at the end and i realized at this point that this this final kind of cult scene was was going to be the big climax i was like oh this is this is it oh i'm not getting like my big sort of empowering moment of them all like deciding to be proactive and fight back it's more just um reactionary for the most part but um, yeah, it's also weird that like the majority of the people fighting back are people that we have no context for who they are yeah we've never really met them beyond <laughs> one or two quick shots yeah, yeah. um and obviously landon kind of comes out under the control and kind of like apollo says it wasn't him he was under the control with the mystical stuff um and that's whatever they burn the place to the ground and that's kind of the the end of the, the story but i it no did you notice the ending is really weird so it's like the place is burning and uh you know riley kind of has like uh, i I guess just kind of like a a look of awe or whatever like exhaustion um but then like the last second she gets like a surprised look on her face like she just sees something but you never see what it is and then it just cuts to black yeah, I don't know what that was supposed to be either. Uh, you are forgetting, of course, the mid credit sequence, which... Uh, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, setting up the Black Christmas cinematic universe, uh, <laughs> where the cat who lives in the main house starts licking some of this goo that comes from the one of the dead yeah. bodies that they killed earlier. <laughs> and I guess that's implying that we're going to have an evil, sexist race of cats uh, for the sequel. Hey, who knows? If, uh, if cats does really good next week, uh, <laughs> they might want to capitalize on that. Yeah, they might. Maybe they will. <laughs> Uh, cat Christmas, no, Black Catmas. There you go. That's what you call the <laughs> Black one. Black Catmas. Okay. Right. <laughs> um, sure, there's a lot of yeah pussy jokes you can make about that. Sorry, but you know, <laughs> way lower the tone, Tim. Way lower the tone. Um, 
Joe, you know, it's a shame because I think this movie is well directed, and I think yeah. the 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 main character is likable, and it flows quite well. So for the first like forty yeah. t- minutes to an hour, whatever the you know, you know what actually I, I really like, and I, I think it's like the most slashery bit of the movie, and I kind of wish the whole movie w- was a little bit more like this. But the the opening kill I thought was pretty cool. Oh yeah, well the girl's like walking down the the street, yeah. and she thinks the guy behind, and this was in the trailer, so I knew it was coming, but the. Yeah. And she thinks the guy behind her with the phone is the one texting all these weird messages, which, you know, they, they come, whenever I get it texted, it's from an account claiming to be the, the founder of the college. Um, yeah. And the guy just, like, takes a left turn right, right when she thinks she's going to have to turn around and, like, fight. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, I, I obviously the kill itself I didn't like, although I, I did, I, I liked the little touch of her when she gets di- killed in the, the snow. She kind of makes a snow like angel. That. Yeah. Like, I, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, that was all right. Um, I, I kind of like them sneaking about the house, trying to like avoid because uh, because when they first get attacked, like they kind of like they all had their phones out, so they drop all their phones. So they're kind of like one of them tries to go and find a phone, one tries to go and find yeah. the fourth girl that, that they didn't realize was missing, and we know she's already dead, but they don't, so they're kind of looking for her. Yeah. Um. So there's, the... there's some creeping around, and I was kind of enjoying that stuff. It was kind of like a horror movie that I was enjoying, even though the kills weren't that great, just because I kind of like the characters and the direction was pretty yeah. solid. Um, yeah. and then like there's another good one too where the the girl um who you, you know the the one that's missing her cup uh, in the beginning uh before she's leaving she's trying to find her cat because it sounds like it's stuck somewhere and uh it's just a uh, again i thought it was like directed really well because it's kind of like a little bit like of a far away shot kind of like a yeah it's like a like, sort of really high angle shot it's almost as like a security yeah. camera and we can actually see the cat under the table behind her so it's kind of like a neat little thing where we can see it but she yeah. can and yeah and then uh yeah and then someone comes comes out and uh grabs her does he like strangle her with lights at that point i forget if that was her but no i think uh, i think, I think he, like, that's, grabs her with something i think this one he literally just walks up behind her and grabs her and like, the scene cuts away i, I don't okay, even remember yeah. if he was holding anything in this scene oh, maybe maybe it wasn't uh, but uh but no like that was like uh again like i kind of wish we got a little bit more of that because i i saw like that looked really cool and it was like leaving a lot of room to breathe like it wasn't like doing like a quick jump scare kind of thing um so there are like elements like that that was making me think like you know oh this is like directed really well I like um, you know what Sophia uh, Tackle is that what was the last name I'll go double check Tackal uh, yeah Sophia Tackal yeah like I, I liked what she was doing in that and then uh, and again it just feels like it gets so bogged down <laughs> by this like crazy ludicrous ending which like um and, and we, you know we've talked about before like we do like when a main character fights back like that is like a really cool thing but. In this case, it just feels like a superhero movie. Like it turns into like Wonder Woman for a second, and I feel like it just kind of takes away from the movie, where it's like so over the top. But I, I would be okay with that if it built up to it more, but it just kind of felt like sure. it, it it came out of nowhere for me, um, yeah. and I didn't necessarily find the the. I just nothing about the last like twenty thirty minutes I liked. Um, it's a yeah. shame because I like I, I think if it's just stuck the landing after what we already had, I think you know I'd I'd be fairly positive on this. It wouldn't have blown me away, yeah. but I'd be saying, no, nah, this is a worthwhile little Christmas horror movie. You should go see. Characters are good. It's got a nice message. You know, yeah. it's, 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 it's you know it's got it's got a point. It's got, it's got like a creative voice behind it that's saying, here I want to, I want to, I want to tell this story for a reason. I want to tell this story because I want to get you know uh, these struggles across and have this empowering movie. 
Uh, all of that is yeah. great. The, the the problem is just it goes into goofy ass territory in the the yeah. the second half that I just I just hate. <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I, I forget at some point someone does like uh like like throw a bag over someone's head I, I think it's like the reversal like one of the women do do it to one of the guys yeah yeah it's, it's like a callback to the suffocation death from the original yeah. but it's yeah it's the opposite yeah so like i, I think that's what i, I kind of mentioned something like that earlier where again that's like really like one of the very few like references i can see to the actual original movie yeah that's gonna have been called something different um honestly though I mean, as a remake i don't hate it because it is so different that there's no point i don't even you know like i can't be it doesn't, mad at yeah, it yeah it doesn't affect the original and um the original is just one movie like it's not like you know we had 10 black christmas movies in a franchise and now they're rebooting it for this and it's like oh we want we want the original timeline back it's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just one movie whatever it's not gonna affect it yeah i just should like, wait like, that was a the next one will be a, a, one of those reboots where it's like, no, this is a sequel to the original. We're going to do a sequel yeah. to the original Black Christmas. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I would not be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll see how well this does. I, 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 I'm I, not sure. But I I don't think it's terrible. I, I Like I say, I, no, I, I, I actually think there's a lot of good qualities in there. And I do think it's better than the last one because it is way better directed it's not like because the film making itself in the 2006 one was really annoying me because it was so over the top and the mm. characters were so just sort of like nothing but one-liners the characters in this felt like they actually had character uh, the main two sure. riley and chris especially i liked them debating and the direction was pretty solid unfortunately uh the the kills were lacking bite due to the rating and then uh, you have the goofy supernatural kind of sort of direction it goes in, which for me, like, it was just a big fat no no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I can't I think we're on the same page. I, yeah, I can't really disagree with <laughs> any of that. And it, I, it's still like a very watchable movie. Like, it's, you know, and it's, it's like 90 minutes. Like, I was never really bored at any point. Like, I, even though I didn't like the ending, it's still like, you know, uh, it you know wasn't tough to watch or anything. So it's like, you know, I, I'd still say it's not a bad movie to watch, but it just, uh, it's unfortunate because it, it could have actually been like a really cool, you know, good, interesting movie. But I think, uh, I think well, I guess it still is, but like you know, it could have been a lot better. I think my my, my final point just on the mess because I, I again I love the messaging. I think there's nothing wrong with having your your political voice. I mean, art is political. And it should be, yeah. it always has been. Um, I think the whole thing with the ending, uh, like you know, when I when I say it takes the message too far and beats you over the head with it, mm. I, I think that feeling comes from the fact that in the first half of the movie, it's not a metaphor. It's very literal, and it's talking about what it's saying. And the characters are actually mm. discussing sexual assault. They're discussing how they're being treated. They're discussing how they're uh, not being believed and things like that. And then the second, then the last chunk takes it and does all this metaphor stuff with it, with the the goo and the mind control, mm. and the fighting back, like all that stuff. It becomes very metaphorical, and I think you can have one or the other. I think having both makes it feel kind of redundant. And yeah. I feel like I've had this complaint before. I can't remember what movie it was, but I remember there been a movie where, like, you had the metaphor that was telling your message, and then you had to go and say it anyway. It may have been the other way around, but like, I feel like you can either just outright talk about it and keep it relatively serious right 
or you keep it more dialed back but do it through the metaphor and through your your absurdity um doing both like having the first half openly talk about it like directly and then flipping it and doing like the the farcical like here's the metaphor stuff with supernatural shit i think those clash and i i think one or the other uh, but not both and especially because you're dealing with stuff that unfortunately is very real life and Mm. you don't need it's like these kind of assholes uh you know in this frat like there are people that are like that that are not magically possessed you know like Mm. it's not like you don't need uh to add that it's like i mean it sucks but you know unfortunately those kind of people are around uh so it seems i don't know kind of unnecessary yeah yeah uh and and also like for people complain about though too like i do feel like the original black christmas like um again like it might have not had uh like you know like such an overt message but i still still feel like that was kind of like a feminist movie like uh oh yeah it wasn't as in your face with it but i mean it definitely followed these characters it definitely had elements of the police not believing them i mean we don't even talk about the 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 campus security guy like yeah before he gets killed when imogen puts is concerned that you know when she gets when she hears from one of the mothers that the, the, the friend hasn't gotten home when they're supposed to she gets concerned that maybe she's went missing uh the others think it's only been a few hours since she went meant to arrive you know train delays whatever um although in the age of uh you know cell phones like <laughs> like you know <laughs> if you're running late you you phone the person you say hey like trains delayed or whatever uh, oh, yeah. but she goes to campus security to like sort of tell him and i kind of liked how he was played actually this guy because yeah he was very dismissive but he wasn't like because it'd have been very easy to have him be like uh like over the top like oh shut up you little silly girl like you know stop being like you on your period what are you doing go away like it'd have been very easy to have him be that he was still kind of pleasant enough which i think made it feel more real that he was you know he, he wasn't just being like a complete straight to 11 dick he was like, I'm not really taking you seriously because I, I just don't believe that this is happening. But he, he's nice yeah. enough about it the way he's doing it. So it makes him feel more real. It highlights the problem and makes you feel frustrated for her perspective, but without making it so cartoony that it's like, you know, just yeah. done it for, for the, the effect. And, like, and he still ends up doing his job. It's just that he, you know, doesn't really do it very well. But like, mm. and he's very reluctant to do it, but he is still like all right, fine, we'll go to this place. And then even there, he's like, do you want me to give you a ride home? Like, listen, blah, 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 this happens, whatever. Like, like, yeah, you can tell he's, like, you know, a dismissive dick and everything. But, yeah, like you said, he's not, like, so over the top and saying, like, you know, like, hey, sweet cheeks, what's the problem? Like, you know, like, yeah. it, it could have easily been played like that. And it was, I know I like those little more subtle, kind of felt realistic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so... That's pretty, pretty much it. Uh, pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, you know, things to like, <laughs> but it goes places that I, I don't. I don't think uh, make it ultimate work. So, Tim, uh, what would you rate 2019's <clears throat> Black Christmas? Um, I think I'm gonna give it a a six. Uh, again, like there's there's definitely like a good amount of things to like and um. Yeah, like like we said, I, I think the two big strong things here is uh, I think it is, you know, it is still well made. Like I like the director and I like the all the actors and the characters. It just, man, that last like 20, 30 minutes really, really brings it down. Uh, like e- even if the ending wasn't great, like 
if he did something different, I feel like it would just help it so much better. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I don't know. It's it, it is it's very strange. Um, because yeah, it, it's it's definitely not perfect, but um, like it's you know it, it, it's hard because you don't want to criticize it too much because like when it does have you know like a very strong message and it's like something you agree with, like you definitely um you know you kind of want to be careful because you're like listen there are things wrong with it but that's not it you know <laughs> like oh yeah no nah. that yeah. i mean again like it, it goes about giving that message in maybe too many ways yeah i think that's yeah. maybe a better way of saying it rather than saying it, it, it does it too strongly it's just that it does it yeah, too many like different that, ways yeah. yeah uh but yeah yeah that's definitely not the problem with it they, they, like i think I, I saw someone on twitter i think um put it uh, away which i i thought was a, a a kind of a good way to describe it where they said it, it's certainly not a subtle movie but we're not really living in subtle times uh which i was like mm-hmm. oh, you know I, that's fair i think that's totally fair <laughs> and for the record some of the best horror movies of all time were very political night of the living dead is super political yeah. it may not yeah. be as in your face as maybe like we do with some movies now but it is there. Like you go back and watch me and Tim talk about it. We we talked about Vietnam. We were talking about racism. Yep. We were talking about lots of things in that movie. Yeah, that's why it's super. I mean, <clears throat> I, I feel like you don't hear um, it in horror movies as much. But as people that love comics, you know, it's really baffling whenever people get upset when they have some type of message or political thing in comic books where. You know, you have Captain America punching Nazis, you know, like <laughs> like back in the forties or, or whatever, and it's like, oh yeah, comic books have never been political. Like it's it's kind of ludicrous to, you know, not want to have messages and stuff in your art. Like really, when people complain that it's just because it's a message they don't agree with. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's basically it. They're basically just like, I don't want this in my media because I, I don't agree with it. Uh, so. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, 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 I didn't read it yet. My, my rating would be, yeah, a six. I, I think it just scrapes a six. I, I, I think, yeah. like, I'd go lower, but I do really like the characters, and I do, I do think it was well directed. And I, I think the the ending is rough. Uh, it might play better when I know it's going there, you know, on a on a, yeah. on a repeat viewing. And I'm not actually opposed to watching it again, to be honest. Um, I'm not in a rush, but sure. you know. Well, I mean, you know, it'll be a new annual tradition to watch the Black Christmas trilogy. <laughs> I'm not watching 2006 again. Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll go with the six. I'll, I'll give it the six, and I, I do think it's better than 2006 version. Um, I, I think it's better directed, and it's certainly it's certainly uh, it, yeah, it's certainly better made. Uh, I think um, they're two very different <laughs> animals. I, I would say like. Yeah, they're all like pretty different. Like, if you want, obviously, the original is going to be the most solid bang for your buck. I think, uh, you know, it's still oh, of just, course, you yeah, know, a classic. Uh, the the two thousand six one, uh, I think, if you just want something like really dumb and cheesy, then I, I think that's perfectly fine to watch. I think this one is a little more uh, nuanced and better, well made. So that, that would probably be your better watch. But yep. I, again, to each their own. <laughs> I say. Yep. Uh, on a side note, Imogen puts I feel like she's been playing college age characters for about ten years now. It's uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of weird. I'm actually curious what age she is because, um, not that I think she looked too old in this movie by any means, but I just I I remember seeing her play a college age character in like 2010. <laughs> so oh, yeah. you know, like, and obviously older people can be in college. I mean that's very true. <laughs> um, 
Oh yeah, she, she's she's literally a month younger than me. <laughs> so, so she is she is thirty years old. Um, okay. uh, not, not, not that I don't think she didn't pass for a sure college yeah. student. This she she did, but um, <laughs> this is more just because I've seen her do this kind of role for a long time, and I was like, man, okay. she's been doing the same, you know, like I, I feel like I've heard her name a lot, but I don't I don't can't really name too much that she's been in uh she was in green room uh was a big bigger one recently. i think that's where i know her from um she's in green room i saw her in a couple of things she was in i kill giants last year or uh, two years ago which i, <sighs> I really liked watch that yeah. i really liked that movie um, i love the comic book so i need to watch it uh she was uh, also in she was in like a like a rom-com thing i got dragged to like a number of years ago which is that was, that was probably back when i um, and i'm saying i saw her play college age a long time ago uh that would have been probably what i was talking about i i feel like uh i mean she was definitely great she's you know probably like the you know most uh you know uh biggest name in the cast but i i, I mean really i like all the girls but i really liked um I, I guess kind of the other main character, Chris, uh, mm. the, uh, you know, I'm not really too familiar with who that person is, but I thought, you know, she was great. Um, also, she's going to be in the Why the Last Man TV show, apparently. Ooh, okay. According to I Am the Bear. Oh, I, uh, I, I forget who's the, I, I'm assuming she's playing the kind of like the, the second lead. Is it, is it like 47 or something? Isn't like a, a agent name or something um, i don't know if she's i forget it doesn't say in imdb who she's playing um i wouldn't have thought so uh because agent 47 or well that's not 47 that's hitman <laughs> agent yeah. whatever a number is uh i i i love why the last one but it's been so long yeah. that i read it it might not even be a number <laughs> but uh, that, that character if i recall correctly was black so i don't think she's playing her Oh well, I was talking about. Oh, uh, I think we're talking about two different people then. Because who was the the black character in Black Christmas? <laughs> oh, black oh, I'm talking about Imogen Poots, not Chris. Oh, oh no, I was talking about Chris. Sorry. Oh, right, oh, right, okay, that's what the confusion. Is. <laughs> okay, so Imogen Poots is going to be in Why the Last Man. Yeah, so probably uh, okay. either his sister. Yeah. Or maybe the 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 long lost love interest from Why the Last Man. Yeah, uh, that would make sense. Yeah. One of those. Um, I think the sister's got a bigger part. I'd probably say the sister because I I don't think you cast yeah. Imogen puts in your TV show and don't give her like one of the, you know, main roles. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Uh, she's also in a film coming out called Prisoners of the Ghostland. Is that a horror movie? <laughs> it could go either way. Action horror thriller. Okay, a notorious <laughs> criminal must break an evil curse in order to rescue an adopted girl who has mysteriously disappeared. Yeah, there's horror in there. Wait a minute. Sure. Is that Nicolas Cage? <laughs> Nicholas Cage. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we'll watch it. <laughs> yeah, we'll watch it. We'll watch it. Um Alright. Oh god. Aye, Nicholas Cage is in another horror movie called Wally's Wonderland. Yeah, I forgot about that. We did that in the news a few oh, yeah. years ago. <laughs> anyway, that, that wraps up. That's that's us. We're 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 not even talking about the movie anymore. Uh that has been uh Black Christmas twenty nineteen. This has been Screams After Midnight. You can let us know what you thought of the movie in the comments below. You can like and subscribe. Ding the bell on YouTube, make sure you get those notifications. 
you can support us in a couple of different ways obviously we mentioned patreon if you want to you know give us money financially because that helps a lot obviously uh but you can support us in other ways as well you can rate the podcast on apple Podcasts, give us five stars helps more people find us you can also you know share us out on social media uh introduce us to your friends uh and i'm sure they'll <laughs> hate you for it but <laughs> do it anyway um maybe they'll get addicted and that's good for us uh so do all that stuff uh, check out other content that we have of course uh, we've got a science fiction movie podcast called the Atomic Cinema Experiment, the Ace. Uh, that is uh, me and Tara that do that, kind of similar to this show, but with sci-fi movies. And of course, check out uh, all the TV reviews go up and the comic book podcast, comics from the multiverse. There's all, all sorts of things to go check out. Um, but otherwise, look forward to more streams after midnight. Um, we do have another Christmas movie next week. Um, also the bonus Patreon movie for this month is a Christmas movie which will be going up uh, sometime this week so you got those to look forward to and then after that we'll be doing our top 50 movies of the decade now the top 10 of the year and some of the other year stuff that we do uh, we won't do until a couple of months into the year because we want to have the time to catch up on anything that we've not been able to get to in 2019 but we are doing our top 50 of the decade um, for the end of the year uh, at least it's the first part will be uh you know right before new year's i think because it would in two parts but you can look forward to that so uh but that is us so thank you once again for watching and listening we always appreciate it keep watching scary movies guys and we'll see you next time pay attention timothy